week's Triton Spotlight, you'll meet Omar Sabag from our men's soccer team. The Calgary native takes us on his soccer journey through this summer when he represented Lebanon at the Under-23 Asia Cup in Saudi Arabia. Omar tells us what it was like training with a new team, what kind of support he got from back home while he was there, and what the first thing he ate was when he got back. That's all coming up in a moment in this week's Triton Spotlight. Thank you for joining us on episode 87 of Triton Cast, the podcast for UC San Diego Athletics. I'm Jeff Turiel. Whether you found us on UCSDTritons.com or on your favorite podcast platform, we're so happy you've tuned in this week. And if you enjoy the show, be sure to subscribe, rate us, or write a brief review. Before we get to this week's Triton Spotlight, let's take a trip around campus. Class is back in session at UCSD, and the La Jolla campus is buzzing. More than 1,800 came out to watch women's volleyball face Hawaii with over 1,500 at the Battle of the Kings men's water polo showdown. Thanks, Tritons, for your support. Congrats to Jordan Haney from Men's Cross Country, Big West Runner of the Week. Congrats to men's soccer goalkeeper Mitchell Wilson. He posted two clean sheets last week and was named Big West Men's Soccer Defensive Player of the Week. And this week's University Credit Union Athletes of the Week are Raquel Kalpikoff from Women's Soccer, and Mitchell Wilson from Men's Soccer. Congrats to those two. Now it's on to this week's Triton Spotlight. Our guest this week is men's soccer senior Omar Sabag. The fourth-year Triton recently represented Team Lebanon at the Asian Football Cup, so we'll hear all about what that experience was like. Sabag tells us about his time on the pitch at UC San Diego so far. We also get into how he pulls off playing soccer while also being a chemical engineering major. That's not exactly a walk in the park, as you might imagine. Here is that Triton Spotlight conversation with Omar Sabag. So Omar, let's start with your very recent experience. You just got back from Saudi Arabia after representing Lebanon. What was that experience like? I mean, it was an incredible experience since like the second we landed, you know, like we landed and they had like a bunch of flowers for us. They had pictures like, like kind of like a, paparazzi kind of thing you know and then we walk outside and there's a huge bus that just has our like flag on it and it's like you know just it's really cool to just have all of that and then just to get to the hotel it's five-star hotel you know like really live like living it up and then just seeing like the whole area driving through the city of Abha, saudi arabia and uh just like you know learning new culture and all that on the way there and then just like going to like a stadium I mean, that Ronaldo played in because, like, he's in the Saudi league now. So, like, to play in a stadium that Ronaldo's played in alone is just, like, such an incredible feeling. And, yeah, like, in terms of that's just, like, you know, the outside stuff. In terms of, like, the soccer and whatnot, I mean, when you play Saudi Arabia, like, one of the, if not the best players I've played against because they're just playing at such a high level and it's just such a cool experience to play with people that, like, play with, like, our heroes, like all of us, like all of us who play soccer growing up, like a lot of these guys, they play with Ronaldo, they play with Neymar, like they're all teammates with them. So to play against those type of guys is just like such a cool experience, and just representing your country as well, like you know, representing Lebanon is just such a like an amazing feeling for me. You know, just be able to put my country's badge on my chest and to just play and you know have a good time and play the sport I love while representing my country is just incredible. And how many games did you play while you were there? So we played three games. Um, first game was Cambodia. Second game was Saudi Arabia. And third game was Mongolia. 
so it was Asia Cup qualifiers, so they're obviously all Asian teams. And so, yeah, and then it was just like group stage. And uh, unfortunately, we got eliminated, but, you know, that's okay because it was still a good experience. And, I mean, it was a tough group. Like, it was hard for us to really make it out unless we pulled some incredible results. So I'm not ashamed of our results. It's just, you know, it would have been nice to continue on, but we moved, we moved you know. And getting to represent Lebanon, how did this opportunity come about for you? So, I mean, my dad is Lebanese and I have a Lebanese passport. So obviously, like I already have a lot of connection to Lebanon. And on top of that, like we have a family friend who was um, just close with one of the coaches. And then uh, we just asked around like, hey, like, you know, my dad was like, my son's like pretty good, you know, represents uh, his university and whatnot. And then they offered me a trial. And then so I flew out in winter or like this year, last year, like near New Year's uh, this this last year. And uh, yeah, that was basically how it all like transpired. And yeah. And so you were selected to represent Lebanon and you were telling me before we started recording that you initially went to Lebanon to train before you all went to Saudi Arabia. So how long were you in Lebanon this time? Uh, so yeah, this last training camp, I was in Lebanon for about 10 days, uh, not like eight, eight, nine days, something like around there. And so, yeah, I was in Lebanon, landed in Beirut uh, about, uh, I don't know when, but <laughs> like, uh, yeah, landed in Beirut, uh, drove to another city called Junye, which is about like 20 minutes north of Beirut. And they have like their national team training center there. And then from there, we got to drive to a grass field, which is about another hour and a half north of Junier, which in it's a city called Tripoli, which is actually where I'm from. So we were just driving back and forth like an hour and a half every day to train on grass just to get us prepared because most of Lebanon's fields are turf. So when you go, when we wanted to go to Saudi Arabia, we needed to play on grass. And one of the only grass fields in the country is in Tripoli. So it was a little bit of a haul going back and forth, you know, doing this training camp, very exhausting, but very rewarding too, you know? I can imagine so, but just even looking at the hurdles you had to go through living in North America and flying all the way to the Middle East, how long did it take your body to adjust to the time zone, the climate, all those kinds of things, you know, soccer aside, all the rest of it? Oh, yeah. I mean, first of all, I don't speak Arabic that well. Like, it's gone a lot better, but like, obviously, it's like like when my dad came to America, his English was not good, but he could still speak it. It's like the same when I go there. Right. So like, I do have like a little bit of a language barrier and I get made fun of for it. So that's one thing. My plane just like, you know, flew really loud over my house. (laughs) No worries. Uh, Yeah. So language barrier definitely is one thing. It's not that I don't speak Arabic, but I'm not very good at it. And uh, another thing is obviously the jet lag. I mean, it takes about, oh man, because I fly from LAX to Qatar and that takes about 15 hours and a half and then fly to Beirut, which takes about another three hours. So overall, usually the trip takes about 24 hours. And by the time I get there, I'm exhausted and I sleep and the next day I'm training. And obviously like took a big toll on like my legs and like just being able to run as hard as I could, you know, all that, all these things. 
And then with the jet lag as well, like I was sleeping at weird hours for like three, four days. So by the time I like fully adjusted, I'm already traveling back to Saudi Arabia for the actual games. So the training camp in that sense, yeah, is very difficult. And especially because I fly a lot farther, like me and I have one other teammate from Canada. We fly a lot farther than anyone else that plays outside of the country. So definitely did take a toll on me for sure. Yeah, I bet it did. And in terms of your teammates, did you know any of them or were you also getting to know your new teammates? I mean, so I've been on the Lebanese national team for about six months now because I obviously got the trial in winter. And then so back uh, when we played Jordan in some friendly games, uh, I knew some of the guys, but the team itself was rotating a little bit because my coaches wanted to make sure we had like the best set of players for the Asia Cup because that's like the important tournament. So like, yeah, I was like meeting new guys, getting, I already knew some of the guys and it's just like a whole, like, I don't know how to explain it. It's just getting to know new people, but also having same. it's like a squad rotation. You know what I mean? Like at UCSD, you know, when the seniors graduate, you got new guys coming in, you got to get to know them, get some chemistry built up and you have to do it in such a quick amount of time because we only had like two weeks for that whole experience. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean like building chemistry that fast is also something that is definitely difficult, especially when I have a language barrier for myself. A lot of the other players, it's not as hard, but for me, it's a little bit harder to like, create that like bond. So yeah, definitely something that was a little difficult meeting did, the new guys. Did you find during the training while you were in Lebanon, did you find that with the language barrier, it was sometimes tough to even understand, you know, the drill or what you might be working on? Well, I mean, my coach does speak English because he's not he's not Lebanese or Arab at anything. He's Portuguese. Yeah. So the head coach is actually Portuguese. So he speaks English to everyone. And then we have a translator for the guys who uh, both speak our team, even though most guys do speak English, but like, obviously they're going to speak Arabic first because that's their first language. And it's not that I, I understand Arabic fluently. So in terms of like understanding, I had no issues. And if they tell me something, like my teammates tell me something, it's like no issue. And like basic communicate communication, like me just talking like normal is not an issue. It's just like, you know, when you just like, like have like those, those friendships and those connections, it's a little bit harder because of that. Like, I'm just not as like fluent as them in terms of the Arabic. So it's a little bit harder, but in the sense of like understanding, playing all those things, like all very easy. It was, there was no issue on that sense. And what about the actual game? Was it similar to what you're used to playing here in the States or were there other differences? I mean, just the, the way it's like the game is played is actually just quite different. Like I will say college soccer is very um, like not like fast paced in the sense that like there's no respect given to your opponent. Like you like you're pressing at all times, like the, the limited subbing also makes it that players sprint a lot more and go a lot harder in terms of like defending and whatnot. In terms of like when you play over like overseas and like with some guys who are like getting paid millions. Like I play people that have like contracts that are worth millions of dollars. You kind of have to give them a little bit of respect. You can't just go out and press them because they'll just kind of make you look silly. So you have to be very smart on like how you approach the game. But with that also, it's harder to break down defenses. So do they press as hard? And like, is it like as maybe a high intensity in terms of college soccer? Not really. But in terms of breaking down a defense and like actually being able to score is very difficult because everyone is just so high quality that like, you know, it's, it, it has its like different like look to it. Like 
there's very few moments where you're going to go out and like full out press like UCSD, like, you know, our team were known to be like a defensive workhorses and like pressing and whatnot. It's like, we don't really do that as much unless we know like a hundred percent sure we're going to win the ball. So it's just, it's a little bit different for sure. But overall, I just had an experience. You, you learn about diff- how the game is played different areas of the world. Cause I mean, soccer is such a world worldwide sport that like each country plays so differently. So, yeah, it's definitely a little bit different than just, you know, college soccer. And while your team was eliminated at the Asia Cup, is there will there be more opportunities for you to represent Lebanon or would you have to try out again? How would that work? I mean, now that like my name's on the radar, like I already like they know me and now it's just a matter of the if they call me up or not. Right. So obviously I'm going to be by the time the next Asia Cup for the, the Olympic squad happens, I'm going to be above 23. So the next opportunity is looking for the senior national team. Um, hopefully, you know, they give me a call here and there. But, you know, that's just the near future. It could even be this coming spring, just an international break. The coach will just give you a call and be like, hey, we need you to come down. And that's basically it now. There's no more tryouts for me because they know who I am. So. We're chatting with Omar Sabag this week on Triton Cast. Well, let's bring it back here to La Jolla. So you had this opportunity to go try out for Lebanon. And then, of course, you make the team and go train there, as we just heard. What was that conversation like with your UC San Diego coaching staff in terms of getting them to buy into letting you basically leave the Tritons for a period of time in the middle of the season? I mean... Coach John, Coach Ryan, Coach Matt, they're all fine with it. They were like, go for it. You know what I mean? So it wasn't really like a an awkward conversation like, oh, we have to like sit down and have a serious talk. Like, no, it was very simple. I appreciate them for letting me just do that because, you know, representing your country is something that you don't get to do. Even, like a lot of people don't even do in their life. So, you know, to let them like be that relaxed and like chill about it was just a really nice thing for them to do. And I appreciate it a lot. And yeah, very, very chill conversation. Just like, Hey coach, like national team called me up and like, and, he, and then coach John was like, no problem. Enjoy it. And yeah, that was basically it. And what did, did, what did your teammates have to say? I mean, they're all happy for me. And then uh, when I was playing at Saudi Arabia, obviously like with the time zone, some of the games were hard to watch, but Saudi's game was at night. So it was in the like earlier, not early morning, but like mid morning, and so all the boys, they, they watched the game and they're all like cheering me on and whatnot. So just a good feeling, you know, having everyone support me. And it was just, yeah, really nice. That's really cool. And so you haven't been back here in the States for very long, but have you acclimated back to being in North America and playing collegiately, et cetera? Yeah, I mean, like I said, like the game is different and like the culture is just different, like everything. Right. And on top of that, I was in Lebanon for the Arab Cup before the Asia Cup. So I was in Lebanon for like another two months before that. So I've really been just been hopping back and forth quite a bit. And now I'm finally like back school starting, you know, I'm sad. I had a summer class. So I actually just took a final yesterday. I did good. But uh, <laughs> Great. I love to hear that part. <laughs> Acclimating in terms of like speaking English again and uh, just, you know, playing college soccer. I mean, now I'm like fully back into it. Took me like, I literally just got rid of my jet lag maybe like two, three days ago. So, wow. Yeah, I'm definitely back into it now. Feeling good. Happy to speak English again. Kind of my English kind of got a little bit worse. So I <laughs> <laughs> back into it a little bit. But yeah, now I'm like kind of 
back into it, fully acclimated. So we're good now. And you are in your fourth year as a Triton, obviously coinciding with the program's transition to Division One. How has the soccer program grown in your time here? I mean, if you just see like how we started versus now, like there's just so much development. And like, obviously, we always say trust the process, you know, not every game is going to go our way. But as long as we're on to the next one, just keep working. And UCSD has created such a strong mentality for the next coming guys. Obviously, I may or may not be here next year. And I know the, the program's in good hands, and I know that they're only going to improve from here on out because of the mentality that's brought every single day by the guys, by the coaches and everything. So, you know, hopefully in the near future we see winning championships. And this year I think we're going to be the ones to win a championship. Who knows? So it's uh, it's developing really well. And, yeah, because I came in as a freshman for the first year of Division One to see the changes is definitely – it's been big. So, And that – freshman season of course there was no competitive season due to the COVID-19 pandemic so as you alluded to a moment ago you have the opportunity should you choose to come back next year as the NCAA granted everybody an extra season of eligibility so for you what will go into that decision what what kinds of things will you factor when you decide whether or not to come back one more year after this honestly just up to my schoolwork. <laughs> it depends on how good I do in school well all right that narrows it down yeah, exactly how do, so you're a chemical engineering major. How do you balance that? That does not sound like that would be a light load. It, yeah, it definitely is not a light load. Um, I mean, throughout my course of like my four years here, it's definitely been like a grind, you know, just playing soccer, engineering. Like it's not something that's easy, but I mean, you just got to power through it. I mean, I never really contemplated switching or anything. Like it's just been grind, like with all the hard classes with like the levels of stress engineering brings just because of like you really don't know like if you're gonna pass a class or not sometimes and but i'm here now and can't complain one bit one more year to go so well what i know you're from from calgary what brought you to uc san diego how'd you get here so obviously i was born and raised in calgary you know that's my home calgary alberta canada and um Basically, my dad, he uh, there's a, like a little bit of a economy issue in Canada at one point. And so my dad had to move to uh, California when I was a freshman in high school. So I moved to Irvine when I was a freshman and went to university high school in Irvine. And from there, you know, I played for Irvine Strikers Academy in the Development Academy, which is like now the MLS Next. And then I uh, also played one year high school and one CIF. So, you know had a good high school career and then from there you know uh ryan coach ryan and uh coach john recruited me and that's how i got to ucsd so yeah i've been jumping around quite a bit you know and is your dad still in california or is he back in calgary yeah. my parents live in irvine right now so they're gotcha. they're not far, so only like an hour drive so on the weekends if i'm free i definitely go back down to see him excellent and and what was there i mean i had to imagine there was familial support for your decision to go try out for the Lebanese team. But what was that conversation like and how did that go in terms of your family I mean, supporting you? My dad was a professional soccer player in Lebanon before uh, the war broke out. So 
he was playing there and it's kind of like life just kind of goes in a full circle, you know? So my dad, obviously like he wanted the opportunity to play for the national team, but unfortunately it disbanded due to obviously Lebanon going through a civil war. So he had to leave the country. And then now his son, you know, so like 40 years later, he's choosing to represent his the same country that my dad had to flee, you know? And it just kind of like my dad was so excited, I know for a fact, just to see me represent the country. And then my mom as well, obviously, is going to support me no matter what. And then obviously my dad's extended family, like, you know, we're very proud to be Lebanese. So everyone, like I had, like I have like 40 first cousins. So like they're all just cheering me on like the whole family is like super excited it was just such a good feeling you know not even just to represent the country to represent my family to represent like just everything that like we stand for and like all the things that even the country's been through my parents have been through it's just it's really huge you know so everyone was really excited just to experience it with me and you're sharing that now in this conversation as excitement but in the moment did you feel that as pressure to perform well and play well I mean, I consider it like good pressure. Like I didn't like see it as like, oh, like I'm scared. I'm not going to do good. I'm not this, that, that. It was just like, you know, everyone's just watching it. Just It was more like an excitement and like just like the butterflies, you know, like it wasn't really like a pressure thing. Like once like once you wear that jersey, like for your country, all you want to do is just like play your hardest. doesn't matter even if you have the best touches just to keep pushing. And like, yeah, like there's no pressure really. It's just excitement. Like, I, I personally didn't have any pressure. I was just so excited just to put the country's jersey on my, like, on me, you know what I mean? I represent my country, so. And I know that your father did play professionally. So how young were you when you started playing soccer? I mean, the second I could walk, my dad put a <laughs> so That was the plan since day one. So <laughs> that's just how it's been. And did you play other sports growing up? Uh, yeah, I did. I actually, my like my dad, although pushed soccer definitely the hardest. Like my on uh, my dad's brother played professionally tennis in Lebanon as well. So like we're definitely like an athletic family. So I was in tennis. My dad just wanted me to be an all around like athlete and all around just um, you know, like cultured in different avenues of sport. So obviously I played tennis when I was young. I did do like competitive freestyle skiing because I did live in the mountains in Canada. So definitely something that most people don't know about me, but I did do that. Wow. Yeah, I did do that. And then swimming track, like the whole like six yards, my dad put me any sport and every sport, but the goal was just to let that all like develop me into soccer. Everything was about soccer at the end. So and do you still ski if you're in the right climate? And do you still play tennis ever? I mean, I really haven't picked up a tennis racket in so long. That, but like in terms of skiing, yeah, like if I'm in the mountains and whatnot, sure. But like I haven't gone in California even to Big Bear to go skiing yet. And when I go back to Canada, like I haven't gone in a while due to like COVID and just being really busy. But like obviously, I also go during the summer in Canada because the winter is brutal. I'm not going to lie. So usually when I'm going, there's no snow, <laughs> but if I did go in winter, I would be going skiing. I would be, but I usually go in summer. So I haven't been able to ski in like five, six years. When was your last Canadian winter or when were you up there last in the heart of uh, winter? 
think my sophomore year of high school, so about six years ago, like I said, five, six years ago. The last time I was there in the winter was the last time I skied. So, yeah, <laughs> that was that was it. And when you graduate from UC San Diego, uh, what's what's next for you? What do you want to do as an adult? I mean, obviously, get my chemical engineering degree. So I'm going to obviously try and work as an engineer and, you know, see where that just takes me. And obviously, just keep playing soccer. You know, even if it doesn't mean getting paid millions like some of these Saudi guys, just being able to play the sport every single day and just keep trying, you know. So for me, it's just to play soccer and be an engineer and work for my family and just, you know, make a good living. And that's, that's basically it. You know, I'm not really too extravagant, you know, simple, simple stuff, family, make some good money for my family. And yeah, that's about it. What attracted you to chemical engineering specifically? Both my parents are engineers, so it wasn't really a choice. I kind of got forced into it as well, but (laughs) (laughs) my dad's a mechanical engineer. My mom's a chemical engineer and my mom like highly recommended highly recommended uh engineering just because i didn't want to know what to do when i went to university i was like i don't know really what i want to do and she just said you know if you don't know what to do just go into engineering because it's really easy to switch out of engineering like once you graduate with a degree and anything like you don't even have to work as an engineer like it's just the degree itself is such a respectable degree that like you know, if you want to go do business or something after, it won't be hard for you because you went through the process of being an engineer, which is one of the, like the toughest in the university in terms of like getting the degree. So she just insisted that I'd be an engineer if I don't know what to do. And it just grew on me. So from there on, I honestly think she was right. So, you know, sometimes the parents know best. Sometimes. <laughs> most of the time, we'll say most of the time. I know moms will be listening. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So this fall, obviously not the best example because you were busy overseas, but in your prior years, this time of year is, is interesting for a sport such as soccer on our campus because you play about half of your season before classes start. And so your fellow students aren't back on campus yet. And I've heard it likened to almost being like a professional athlete, right? You train, you, you eat, you sleep and you, play games and that's it because you don't have class yet. Uh, how would you describe this first August and half of September without classes underway? I mean, when the double days are going on, definitely it's like, you're so like just jam packed on the schedule and like, you have to eat, you have to recover. There's so much to go into it because of the double days after the double days, it definitely gets a little bit easier, but obviously for most people, you're right. There's no school, but I was taking summer classes. So I was, I was actually in class while doing this. So yeah, I mean, balancing it is normal. Like we're all student athletes, so we know what to do in terms of school and soccer. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you have a lot of free time and you have to know how to like manage it wisely, not just like you got to eat good food to make sure you're recovering. You got to make sure you're training, doing your stretching recovery, everything like that. And uh, yeah, just staying ready for like games, making sure there's injury prevention because this beginning part of the season, we do go very hard and we do push our bodies quite like to the limit. So make sure we're taking care of ourselves and all that is definitely like a professional environment compared to like once school starts. Yeah. In your time in Lebanon, what's your favorite thing to eat there that maybe you don't get here or maybe it's not quite as good here? 
Oh, man. To say it bluntly, Lebanese cuisine is the best in the world. And I, I know I sound biased, but it's just facts. And there is food here. Obviously, there's a lot of lot of food in general here, but it just is not the same. Like when I have shawarma in Lebanon, it's just like an out of body experience. Like it's just so good. I like I miss it already. Like that's one thing I already miss so much. And like the breakfasts in Lebanon are just next level. You know, you have so many like so much variety. And it's just oh man. Yeah. Shawarma definitely though is my like thing I'm gonna miss the most. It's not that they don't have it in America. It's just not the same. And if we flip that and go the other way, while you were over there, what did you miss most about being in the States? In and out. I miss in and out a lot. I'm not going to lie. It's like, it's just so like iconic and like burgers, you know, like such an American thing. Like, <laughs> and uh, yeah, like obviously in Lebanon, like, is there burgers? Yes, but you're not going to go there to eat burgers. You know what I mean? But I did miss them once. Uh, once I got back, that was the first time I did. I got in and out. So. Yeah. <laughs> no shame in that. All right, Omar, are you ready for some quick picks? I'm ready. Beach or mountains? Beach. Ocean or pool? Ocean. Sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. You a morning person? No. Okay. Favorite topping on a pizza? Chicken. Singing or dancing? Dancing. Favorite TV show growing up? Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Nice. Name one place you've never been that you most want to visit. Ooh, that's a good one. I can't quick fire that one because there's so many. Uh, All right, well, give us a couple then. I'll give you Maldives. That's one of them for sure. And then I'll say... No, I'll just stick with Maldives for now. Because, uh, yeah, Maldives. That's my number one. We'll just say that. Well, you'll have to let us know how it is once you get there. 100%. If you could subscribe to only one streaming service, which one would you pick? I'd say YouTube, just because they got a lot of like variety. And it's like, yeah, I'd say YouTube. YouTube TV. Podcasts or playlists? playlist favorite flavor of ice cream this is gonna be controversial but i'm a mint chip guy i know a lot of people aren't but i am hey more for you then exactly which one of your teammates is the best cook Ooh, i'm gonna have to give it to carter he was whipping up some some nice meat on the grill last time i was there so carter jacobus my guy love to hear that which one of your current teammates thinks they're the funniest thinks they're the funniest oh man nah, I, I don't know if i can disrespect someone like that <laughs> all right let me rephrase it then and, and let you off the hook so in your opinion which one of who your is, teammates is the funniest we're saying who is the funniest i yeah. say john he always cracks me up <laughs> love to hear that if you could play one other sport for one day at uc san diego which one would you pick fencing it looks so cool. You know, you're just sword fighting. Like, come on, let me do that. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite holiday? Uh, for me, I, 
I mean, a lot of people know about that, but it's a Muslim holiday. That's like my favorite. Get my gifts, my presents, family, money. It's right after Ramadan. So, you know, I get to eat in the morning. So it's nice. So that's my favorite holiday for sure. Absolutely. Plane, train, or automobile? Automobile. French toast, pancakes, or waffles? Pancakes. Anything on them or in them? Like strawberries, maple syrup, good old Canadian maple syrup, you know? Yeah, strawberries. I like just fruits in general and just maple syrup, bananas, you know? You know how it is. Absolutely. All right. And since you are Canadian, although it's been a minute, Fahrenheit <laughs> or Celsius? Celsius. I still don't know Fahrenheit. I've been in America for seven years. I still don't know it. I have to use Celsius. On my phone, everything is Celsius. So is it the sim- a similar concept with miles versus kilometers? I mean, with miles, I, I've kind of adjusted to it because, like, you know, my car is in miles per hour and all that. So I actually use it, like, on a daily basis. But, like, Fahrenheit, I don't know. It just it never clicked. I just – it's Celsius for me on, on that. But, yeah, miles, I use miles for sure. Good enough. Well, Omar, thank you so much for joining us this week on Triton Cast. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for sharing your journey, Omar. What an honor it must have been to wear the flag. And we know that the book showcasing his time on the pitch still has much more to be written. Be sure you're subscribed to TritonCast on your favorite podcasting platform so you don't miss a moment. New episodes of TritonCast premiere on Wednesdays. Thanks for listening this week. And don't forget, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast platforms by searching TritonCast wherever you get your pods. And a reminder, you can listen to any of our 87 episodes anytime on demand. Just visit UCSDTritons.com slash podcasts. For more on TritonCast, follow us on X at TritonCast. And if you have a suggestion for a future guest, someone you'd love to hear from, you can send us a tweet or email us at TritonCast at UCSD.edu. We'll see you back here next time. You've been listening to TritonCast. TritonCast is a production of UC San Diego Athletics Communications. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your platform of choice. If you have show questions or comments or suggestions for future guests, email us at tritoncast at ucsd.edu. You can also follow the show on Twitter at tritoncast. Thank you.